0: You found your home for real sports talk, for real sports fans. 1700 KPGG. Hey, everybody. Good
1: afternoon to you. Jim and Trent, we say hello here on the Big Talker. 1700, you can always get in on the program as well, Two six four seventeen hundred. 1700 that's 264-1700. Another wonderful show lined up for everybody today. Look, this is, I, I guess it, it's the calm before the storm. And after Trent, we watched all of the games last night. Tonight, it's not a, as, I guess, mind-jarring as, as the games last night were, but still, it, we still have NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs, and of course, Major League Baseball. But man, oh man, oh man, I, I just can't, I just can't get away from the fact that you're in a situation like last night, being the Cleveland Cavaliers, and never, ever leading the game during regulation time. You force OT. And then you find a way to hang on and win it in overtime. It was it was an amazing performance. It really was.
2: Yeah, it was a good one. And you know what? Really, I mean, it wasn't in a way too though, Jim, because they got outplayed. They got outplayed in that game. They and yet did. They, they, yes. they, they found a way to get it done, and credit to them and a, and all the superlatives you want to throw out there. They should have got beat. Toronto should have won that game and. You know one thing that that I I continue to get a kick in I like looking at analytic numbers I I, I enjoy it I don't dive real deep into it but it doesn't matter the sport from football and we talk about some numbers we get from Pro Football Focus who I think does a great job to to basketball and all the numbers that are out there of course baseball you can die just swim in all the numbers that are out there as it pertains to to digging a little bit deeper but there are certain things that you just you can't measure inside of a computer and one of those things are mental blocks that certain teams seem to have against others and perfectly illustrated last night with LeBron getting it done with the Cavaliers against Toronto. Look Toronto overall is a better team they have better weapons up and down that roster Mm -hmm. they are comprised better than Cleveland is but there's just something about that Cavs across the chest uh, something about LeBron James also in that uniform that Toronto can't get past, and we've talked about it with the Capitals in hockey. We've talked about it in all kinds of different sports. My favorite team in baseball, the Twins, the mental block that they have against the Yankees. The names change, the players change, you can change the uniforms, but there's always (laughs) those certain teams that, for whatever reason, can't get over the hump, and you can't measure that with all the safer metrics that you have.
1: I'm with you 100% on that. Absolutely. You just get some some team's number, and no matter what the talent is on the court, it just seems that they have that mental block, and you find a way to win. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. 420, Pat Hardy, allhotguys.com, will be our guest. At 515, Mitch Sherman from ESPN will join us. And at 535, Evan Tex Western, the Acme Packing Company, will dive into what the Packers did uh, on the NFL draft. Speaking of the NBA, Trent, and I'm sure you saw this as well with Tyler Cook, He's got a couple of uh, workouts scheduled, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, just to name a few. But Gary Dolphin last night uh, on the Hawks tour, and we'll get into this more with Pat Hardy, indicated that Tyler Cook would have an announcement by June 10th. Well, isn't the deadline May 31st? And if it is, I mean, I, I think I remember that correctly. If it is, is that trying to tell us something about Tyler Cook for the Hawks already?
2: Well, you are right in one aspect. Yes, the deadline, if you're going to come back to college, is that May 30th, May 31st uh, deadline that you have to you have to say that you're coming back and you're not going to be part of the draft. That that is correct. And Dolph has said he heard June 10th. I I wouldn't dive too deep into that. I'm sure that maybe miscommunication about what exactly it was. If Tyler Cook's going to come back, he's going to have to make a decision before June 10th. That's what we know right now. He's got the workouts out there, but I I wouldn't get too wrapped up on that, Jim. I I wouldn't get too wrapped up on, well, Dolph said that he's going to make his decision by June 10th. That Mm -hmm. means that he's gone. No, I, I wouldn't make that leap.
1: Okay, I'm I'm not making the leap. I just wonder if there if there might be something else, you know, rumbling in the weeds. Look, I just looked it up. June 10th is the European players where they have to say they're in or out. So, from that standpoint, I, I understand, maybe, uh, where Dolph probably misspoke in, in doing that. Look, I know that Tyler Cook, and you know it as well as I do, and we've heard it from Pat Hardy uh, on this show, and we're going to pick his brain a little bit in about 10 minutes, is that Cook is totally interested in moving his basketball education onto the next level. So, I just I just wonder now that if he's going to get so many looks up to 6 teams apparently want to take a look at him if that's going to sway him even if even if the news that he gets the feedback that he gets is not entirely positive do you still have the feeling with all the rumblings that we have heard that he still does not come back to Iowa
2: well Pat had an interesting tweet earlier today just about that, Pat Hardy, who will be joining us here coming up in about 12 minutes, he said this, didn't used to feel this way, but I think he comes back if he isn't guaranteed to be drafted, hearing he doesn't really want to play overseas. And that right there from Pat Hardy, I think changes certainly my perception of things because initially after the reports were out there and, and what we heard right away was, hey, we're we're going to get a guy that, frankly, is on his way out, one foot out the door. I think that was a term that we heard a lot right away from Tyler Cook's camp, that it looked like, regardless of what the NBA people said about his game, that he was going to be moving on. And from the get-go, I I kind of went down that road of thinking, that he was done with school, he was looking to move on, it didn't matter if it was in the NBA or the D-League, or going over, overseas, he was just ready to move on. And, and now, the more of this, the deeper that it goes, I think there's a much better chance that Tyler Cook is going to be back than I would have a couple weeks ago and even a couple months ago. I, I thought, overall, that it was going to be a case where he wasn't going to be there. He just wasn't going to be there, and he wasn't going to be in a Hawkeye uniform. That's changed for me. I think the chances are better. Now, what happens in these six workouts? What happens in these workouts with these with these teams, I think is going to tell us a lot about what's going to happen going forward. If he goes and first gets from a team, we're looking to draft you in the second round. We have pick 52. And we're going to guarantee you a contract. And we're going to guarantee you a two-way deal. That obviously is going to change things. But you couple that with then, what Tyler Cook, the opportunity that he has coming back for another season of college basketball. Can Tyler Cook with a great year at Iowa next year? Let's say they take the expectations that us in the media thrust upon him and the fan base had for him last year, and he gets them back to being an NCAA tournament team. And he goes out and he improves the things that most everybody agrees he needs to work on. He's got to tighten up the handles. He has to develop a more consistent jumper. He has to show any kind of defense prowess. If he does that and he checks all those marks off, can Tyler Cook, after his junior season, can he put together a guy that has enough accomplishments with the skill set that he has, with the athleticism that he has, and then developing the other parts of the game that obviously he has to work on. If that happens, does Tyler Cook become a first-round draft pick? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that's a realistic expectation for him going into next year. Can Iowa as a team get back to that level? Can we see them on the defensive end Make a huge leap. Where a year ago, they were one of the worst, if not the worst, power conference team in terms of defense. Take a look at the Ken Palm numbers. The only one worse than them, I think, was Washington State or Oregon State. One of those two. Outside of that, they were as bad as you're going to find. Not just in terms of giving up points, but an efficiency level, they were awful. And Tyler Cook, he was awful on the defensive end. Can a team with a roster that didn't change over a whole lot, can that change? Is he going to get an opportunity the way that Iowa runs their sets and runs their offense to show the development of that outside jumper? I'm not so sure. If he goes to these six workouts, and during these six workouts, he gets the feedback, we like you, we like the athleticism, we don't know if you can be a power forward in this league, go back and develop that, that's one thing. I still maintain that there are going to be teams that look... His athleticism, it's not a dime a dozen at the NBA level what he has. He is an explosive athlete. There are all kinds of great athletes in the NBA. It's not what I'm saying. But he is still in the upper crust. It's just those other parts of the game. The other parts of the game that he didn't show a season ago. I think there's going to be teams that like him. I think there'll be teams that'll be fine putting him on a D-League roster but that's making $32,000 a year. And if what Pat Hardy says, he's not exactly enamored about going overseas and getting paid, I think this is going to prove to be an incredibly difficult decision. But as I sit here today, compared to where I was a week ago, a month ago, I think the chances are better that he comes back to Iowa than they were. Just read the tea leaves, reading what else is going on. I think it's a very real possibility that Cook is going to be back. Again, we'll get into that coming up here with Pat Hardy. He'll join us at about 4.20 this afternoon from allhawkeyes.com. Certainly a lot going on there. We talked uh, earlier in the week about Ahmad Wagner, his decision as he's going to be moving on playing football at Kentucky, what that is going to do. And, and you know, the scholarship situation is something that's been in a state of flux in basketball. What does this mean? Did you read in because they haven't been out looking at grad transfers? They haven't been out looking at guys that can help right away next season, does that maybe lead you to believe that the Iowa coaching staff thinks the chances are better than not that Tyler Cook is going to be back? It's a very interesting reading through, figuring out exactly what is happening with this and the Iowa basketball spot because they're in a difficult spot. You know, Coming into this year, this is going to be, I believe, Jim, this is going to be the biggest season for Fran McCaffrey in terms of where the expectations are, where people want to see this program, they need to take a big leap this year, as big a leap as they need to do in the eight seasons of Fray McCaffrey at Iowa.
1: I'm with you on they need to take that big leap, but quite frankly, Trent, when you coming off how poorly they did compete this past season, how big is that leap going to be? Is it going to be where they have a winning record in the Big Ten? Is that good enough? Are they 500 in the Big Ten or two games below 500 in the Big Ten? When when you talk about they have to take that leap, is it maybe just win two more games than what you won this past season? To me, that certainly isn't good enough. I'm curious just where they think they're going to go.
2: No, I'm right there with you, Jim. It's, it can't just be that. In Iowa, it can't be, oh, hey, look, they were 14-19 this year, and And they went 17 and 16 and and we're the seventh seed in the NIT. It it has to be more than that. It's not NCAA tournament or bust, but you gotta be right there. You have to be right on the edge. A big one going forward. We're taking a break, coming back. We'll talk with Pat Hardy about that. Coming up in the five o'clock hour, we got a lot of football talk. Yeah, I understand. It's May 2nd. I don't care. It's football all the time. We'll talk football. We're gonna break down the Packers draft a little bit deeper. With Evan Western, he'll be joining us uh, about 5.35 before that. A lot of college football talk. We'll talk some Big 12. We'll talk a little Nebraska with our friend Mitch Sherman from ESPN.com. We'll do that as we continue on here. Taking you up until 6 o'clock tonight, Jimmy B. and TC were presented by our friends at New Leaf Wellness, 650-1358, helping you feel better at New Leaf Wellness. And, hey, coming up next week, Got an opportunity for you to I'll stop on out to New Leaf Wellness. I'm going to be there doing the program live on Thursday from 4 until 6 o'clock. Stop by. We're going to have some tickets to give away. are going to have some screenings that you can do as well with New Leaf Wellness. That's coming up again next Thursday, the 10th of May. I'll be at New Leaf Wellness. You can stop on out. It's in Westtown Parkway in West Des Moines. Giveaways and a whole lot more with my great group of friends over at New Leaf. Coming back on the other side, we're talking Hawkeyes with Pat Hardy.
0: Hey, it's Tiki Barber and Brandon Tierney. We are Tiki and Tierney giving you the big scoop on all the games. Afternoons on the Big Talker, 1700 KBDG. Boom.
2: Guys, Trent it here again for New Leaf Wellness. Warm weather is going to be here before you know it, and if you added some pounds during the winter, New Leaf Wellness can help you. Great treatment programs designed specifically for you. I'm on the GAC and Mick. It has helped me not just lose weight with my energy level, no more lulls in the afternoon. Give them a call today. Set up a free, no-obligation consultation. 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Let's feel better together with New Leaf Wellness Centers.
3: My name is Becky Moomie, and I'm with the Sparkle Run. This is our fifth year of the Sparkle Run in memory of Aaron Mooney, who passed away from leukemia in October of 2013. The Sparkle Run benefits local nonprofits who support families affected by childhood cancer. This year's event is on Sunday, May 6th and will benefit the Pinky Swear Foundation, who supports families through rent and mortgage payments, car payments, insurance, child care, and gas cards. We will have family activities and packet pickup from 12 to 2 p.m., a 5K walk and run at 2 p.m., and a one-mile fun run at 3 p.m. All this is held at DMAC in Ankeny. For more information or to register, go to getmeregister.com backslash
4: Run.
0: Sponsored by Frontline Plus. Warmer weather means more time outside, but it can also mean more bugs. So don't forget to protect your pets with the number one name in flea and tick protection. Frontline Plus. Buy it today. Pros and a no start with Lowe's because Lowe's saves pros money every day. Get up to 20% off select concrete and masonry mixes when you buy in bulk. Plus, save 5% on every purchase every day when you use your Lowe's business credit account. So, Pro, now that you know, let's get started. See the Lowe's Pro Desk or Lowe'sforPros.com for more details. Credit offers subject to credit approval can't be combined with other credit offers. Exclusions apply, U.S. only.
5: one one
2: on behalf of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention Iowa chapter, thank you for your support in 2017. The Central Iowa Out of Darkness Walk at Ankeny's DMAC campus raised over $75,000. These funds allow our local volunteers to create and maintain support groups for those who have lost someone to suicide, implement education programs in colleges and high schools to prevent suicide, and advocate for new legislation to strengthen mental health care in Iowa. Please check AFSP.org Iowa For more information on our 2018 fundraising events, including campus walks and out-of-darkness walks across Iowa, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention Iowa chapter, online, AFSP.org slash Iowa.
6: Hey guys, Nate Adams. Buying jewelry can be scary. When I was ready to propose, I went online first. But then I stopped by Christopher's Fine Jewelry. Christine showed me the four C's and helped me understand what I was buying. I got a ring that my wife loves to this day and a relationship with a local jeweler that is so important. If you're ready to propose, go to Christopher's today.
0: Stop by today to see the many unique rings in all price ranges. Learn more at Christopher'sJewelry.com. sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent.
1: All right, everybody. We are back and we take you all the way till six o'clock tonight. Right here on the Big Talk in 1700, Uh, it's always good and entertaining when we get Pat Hardy on the show. AllHawkeyes.com, great information on the Hawks. He joins us right now. Pat, good afternoon to you, and let's quickly then get into the Tyler Cook scenario. Uh, We know that it is the end of this month where players do indeed have to Uh, make up their mind if they're going to stay in the NBA draft or if they're going to return to college. Apparently, Tyler Cook uh, has like five or six opportunities to work out for different teams, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, and others. Where are you right now and your gut feeling where this is going to go?
3: Well, I've recently changed. I thought for a while he was going to not come back. Now I'm starting to think he will come back because I think the only way he doesn't, is if he feels he's got something guaranteed locked in with the NBA, and I just don't think that's going to happen. Obviously, he could do something different in these workouts and really prove himself, but I still have not seen anything that gives me a indication that he's going to get drafted, and I have been told by pretty reliable source that he does not want to go overseas. If it came down to that or playing his junior year at Iowa, he would come back to Iowa. So I'm starting to lean – that way, because I still have read nothing or seen anything that makes me think she 's going to get selected
2: you know that 's very interesting Pat, and going from what it was right after the season ended and then after the announcement, it felt for so long almost inevitable that that he was looking to move on and that that has started to change here. Do you think that 's more of a case uh, of Tyler Cook starting to compile some information and and figuring it out or? Is it that he he heard some of the things maybe he wanted to hear from the Iowa camp? What do you think is maybe a majority of those two things? That he
3: basically found out what it was really like if he was going to go over there. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm sure I was saying all the right stuff to him. Oh, that was an aberration. You come back here. We're going to right the ship, and you can ride the wave of all that. Yeah, I'm sure they're saying all that stuff. I've been told that he's working very hard back here. He's been here in Iowa City, going to class, working hard and what have you. But I think a lot of it is when he just had time to really think about, okay, if I don't make the NBA and it looks like I'm not going to right now, what are my options? And he starts look. I think he had a chance to maybe look at his options, and then maybe he's realizing, wow, maybe it's not too bad to be five hours from home and playing at a Big Ten school. That's what I think is what kind of what I've been told, and that just took him some time to, re- to kind of realize that and see it kind of presented to him.
1: Uh, Pat, Trent, and I just before you came on had a conversation uh, about this coming year for Coach McCaffrey. And look, we we all know he's under no duress. the 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 seat's not going to be hot. None of that stuff is is going to take place. Not with the new deal and the way that it was structured. However, in your estimation, what would be a Turnaround season for Iowa? Is it winning two or three more games in the Big Ten than what they had won this past season? Okay, five hundred? No. All right. uh, They they'd have to be what win ten, eleven games?
3: To me, it'd have to be a deep run in the NIT at the least. I mean, he had them as a NCAA program just two years ago. They made it three years in a row. Now they haven't made it for two years in a row. To me, they have to get back to that. That's got to be the acceptable standard. I'm not saying that if they don't make the NCAA tournament next year, he should get fired. Now, if they go two more years without making the NCAA tournament, it's going to be hard to justify bringing somebody back in a day and age when hardly nobody gets four years in a row not to make the NCAA tournament, especially at a Big Ten school. So I think he's – feeling the heat a little bit. Now, if they have another year, let's say they go 6-14 and 14 next year in the conference. I'm not saying he should be fired, but wow, that's going to be a mess.
2: Yeah, it's going to be ugly. I'm right there with you, Pat. And you look overall at what's happening. You know, in the landscape of the Big Ten, next year on the surface doesn't look to be great, but Ohio State's recruiting at a high level. Indiana just picks up the commitment from Lankford. The the tide seems to be changing. You always have Michigan. You always have, you know, the power programs that are out there. The Big Ten going forward might be a little bit more difficult than what Fran's seen the last couple of years.
3: Yeah, I think Ohio State. I think Illinois is another program that's going to be much better and a much different team here in like another year or two. You can already see the pieces coming together. So yeah, to me, I just they got to get back to the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's just that's it. He set that standard. He built it to there. And now all of a sudden they've gone two years in a row. I still think how much they struggled this year was an aberration. I'm not sure if not making the NCAA tournament was an aberration. I, mm. That's what we're going to find out here in the next year or two.
1: So you anticipate those struggles won't be like what they were this past season. You I don't think so. I've do? got them
3: right now if I had to guess a record. Remember, they play 20 conference games next year, which yeah. right. just seems like a ton. I've got them probably at like... Nine and eleven, ten and ten, eight and twelve, or you know, somewhere right around the five hundred, maybe a little above, a little below. That probably won't get them. That would, depending on what they do in their non-conference, that would probably get them in the NIT. I hope I'm wrong. I, but I think to make the tournament, they're going to have to probably go fourteen and six, thirteen and seven, at worst.
2: Difficult road, certainly, and uh, a long path from what they were four and fourteen this year. I mean, Nebraska
3: went thirteen and five this year. Didn't make the
2: tournament. Yeah, I mean that that was scheduling also played a part. The double plays. I know, but Iowa always
3: plays that kind of schedule. Usually, that's where I mean their schedule next year is going to be better. Don't get me wrong, but it's not going to be great. Mm -hmm. Their non-conference schedule it's not going to be great again.
2: Double plays worked out well, at least in terms of wins for Nebraska, but they didn't play as many games against the upper crust. That will change, though. With the 20-game conference season, you won't have as many of those, you would think, at least going forward. Hey, uh, one more on basketball. You know, there there was talk about uh, Fran mentioned they need to get tougher and, and some of the physical work. Hey, have you heard about the gains that they're making in the weight room and, and maybe just trying to change, becoming a more physical basketball team for next year?
3: I've not heard anything specific, but I find it funny because I remember when Licklider came here, first thing he said, we got to get bigger. And then... Fran came here and said, "We got to get faster. Some of these guys have bulked up too much. Now they're back to getting bigger." I think whenever you lose and struggle the way you do, whatever you're not doing is what you should be doing, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now. I I don't know if I I to be honest, I think they need to get quicker, but I know there's really nothing you can do to get quicker. But I don't know if they really need to get bigger. Yes, yeah, some of the guys like Luca Garza, but I don't I don't think Cordell Penzel needs to get any bigger. I. I mean, he lost a bunch of weight. I just Sometimes I think when you're doing stuff like that, I wish they'd work harder on help defense and moving laterally than lifting weights. I know lifting weights is part of it, but I don't think lifting weights is going to be the cure to what ails Iowa. Uh,
1: I'm with you on that as well. Uh, Trying to play defense at least one or two times uh, against your opponent is what will help Iowa next season. Uh, Take me to football. And we saw Josh Jackson and Daniels both slide out of the first round, grabbed in the second round. Uh, your thoughts first. Let's go to Jackson and then Daniels.
3: Well, I mean, I, I never had a feeling either way on who would get picked first. I'd hear something and something else. And, and I kind of bought into the hype a little bit, too. But really, what you got to remember with the draft is all that stuff you're reading is from other media people who are reporting what other media people hear they're hearing. We don't get any of this stuff from the NFL. So the NFL never said that Josh or James were gonna go in the first round. We all did in the media. And then it just becomes this giant snowball that rolls out of control. I would have been surprised that they both lasted beyond the second round. I mean it kind of went I mean they're both in the top fifty. That says a lot. I mean they're gonna make what? Josh and they're gonna make six, seven million, about three million signing bonus for James Daniels. They did lose some money, but I'm not overly surprised that they went in the second round. It would have been neat to see the first round, but second round's a pretty good consolation prize.
2: Yeah, and not, not bad, and the signing <laughs> bonus uh, works out pretty well, too. And I'm a Bears fan. I, yeah. Uh,
3: I'm a Bears <laughs> fan, and I think it's neat that they're going to be division rivals. Uh, it worked out well for them. Josie Jewell going, I didn't know if he was going to go that high. I mean, I know some people said third round. I did not see that. I thought he might slip to the fifth or sixth, but... Good to see him. I think Denver's a good fit for him. And I I really wasn't that. I I was stunned that Alan Lazard didn't get drafted. I know that's not the team I cover, but that one. I was a little surprised about Akron Wadley, but Akron Wadley's got one strike against him that Lazard doesn't size. Alan Lazard, to me, had everything. I know he had some drops. That one did surprise me. None of the other things really surprised me that much.
2: Yeah, uh, the, the the Lazard one, Jim and I both were were on the same side as you, quite baffled by that one. Akron Wadley, though he wasn't drafted, it, it seems on the surface it, and it's difficult to make a team as an undrafted free agent, but the landing spot in Tennessee at least appears to me to be pretty good.
3: Yeah, I think there's a reason he's there. I mean, there's definitely an opportunity. They don't have a lot of running backs right now on that roster, and if he can show that he can be a third down back and maybe a punt returner, or something like that, I mean, i give them a chance. I mean, just because you're a free agent, you're still going to get – it's kind of like being a walk-on. You get that opportunity. If you can show, you can do it. I wouldn't rule out guys like Ike Becker, Ben Neiman. I think guys like that have a chance. I think a couple of them will make practice squads. It will be interesting to see what happens.
1: Uh, Pat, when you sit and you take a look now at what Kirk Ferentz and company are going to have on the field – where are you in some of these and we always look at the way too early rankings? Where are you on Iowa where it appears that they're in that five, six, seven slot in the Big Ten?
3: For football I got them going eight and four right now. That's and that's basically that's not really going far out in the limited way. I mean with Iowa football, my rule is I start at seven and five and then I just kind of look at the schedule and everything else and this year, to me, the schedule is more eight and four than it is seven and five. I think they've got some opportunities, and I think, barring injuries, and because of the schedule, I think they're probably closer to nine and three than um, six and six. I just think the schedule is something that they can take advantage of. But we've been so wrong before with the Iowa schedule, trying to guess anything. But eight and four to me is a safe bet. The Iowa State game is huge. I mean, if they lose that Iowa State game, that's going to be big going into the. Big Ten play, and I think they'll win the other two non-conference games. So I've got eight and four right now.
2: Yeah, and uh, the question marks that remain out there, we're going to be talking about it, I'm sure, throughout the summer, trying to build that bridge to get us into football season next year. Pat, a- after you put a cap on spring football, did did you get any answers, anything that you feel more confident in now than you did before spring practice began?
3: Not really. I, nothing really has changed. I think they've got it, – it's – this team's like so many Iowa teams. For everything that you really like, you can find something that you don't like or you have a concern with. I mean, no linebackers, lots of defensive ends. Not much at running back, plenty at tight end. Not much at linebacker, pretty good at defensive back. Nothing at punter, pretty good at kicker. It kind of goes back and forth. To me, that's Iowa football, and that's why I see eight and four. I do think it'll be interesting. One of those, somebody at running back's going to have to step up. I mean, I know you do the committee, but somebody's going to have to get the ball rolling for them at running back. And we haven't seen enough of those guys. And we know Iowa football can survive at times with average receivers. It's hard with average running backs. I had that one weird year back in 04, but that's with Drew Tate as the offensive player of the year, playing quarterback at a really high level, great cast of receivers and tight ends. So to me, it's just going to be interesting to see who steps up and emerges at running back. Cause I'm not sure there's not a lot of choices, but you really don't. Do you have a feeling? I mean, who do you think?
1: Oh boy, that's, I, I I don't know, Pat, to be honest with you. I, I'm not sure who's going to be able to step in there. And, I didn't and, and think
3: be either the, one stood and, out and the more workhorse. than the other one at the practice, but I'm not saying that's good or bad. I just don't know. Yeah. I think it is probably going to have to be two or three guys, and you hope that maybe someone goes into a day with a hot hand, and a lot will be ball security and other things like, I mean, if they're really even, they use things like ball security, pass protection, pass receiving, they'll use things like that, to, but, they're going to need to get something out of the running back because Akron Wadley did so many things on his own to get them out of bad situations these right. last couple of years.
2: Yeah.
1: All I, right, you, you mentioned yeah, – Trent, let me just follow up real real, real quick on that. Uh, you mentioned also when you went back to 2004, Drew Tate and the and the receivers. How come – or I guess in your estimation, if, why is there a, a void as far as – getting that one big wide out to be, you know, to find a star. He's done it with tight ends. Look, he's got two terrific tight ends right now. Where, Where is the the, the the ghost of the post? Where's the wide receiver, Pat?
3: Well, you're hoping that it's Amir Smith-Marset or Brandon Smith. That team had Clinton Solomon. Clinton Solomon came in here from Texas as an athlete quarterback. They switched him to receiver. And right away, he started to make an impact. Now it's up to Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith to do that. That team also had Ed Hinkle. Ed Hinkle was a really good, reliable receiver over four years. He wasn't great, never made first-team all Big Ten, but he was good. That's what these guys need now. They need guys to be more consistent. Ed Hinkle was consistent. You pretty much knew every week what you were going to get. And that's what they need. Now, I don't know, receiver ever since I started covering this team back in 92 has been the hardest position for them to recruit. I think part of it's because they're from the Midwest. They're a run-oriented team. They play conservative football. And there's not a lot of great receivers in state. I mean, they get a lot of linemen from in state. I think there's a lot of reasons that contribute to that. But I think a lot of it's their style of play, where they're located, and just they've had two coaches. Hayden Fry, I know we all talk about the exotics and what have you, but I, the last seven, eight years of Hayden Fry was a lot of Cedric Shaw and Tavian Banks to the left and right off tackle. They were very conservative, and I think that sometimes spills into your receiver recruiting.
2: Pat, uh, before we let you go, I want to jump into a little bit of baseball? The uh, Hawkeye baseball team had a great opportunity yesterday against a very good Missouri team. Had eight nothing lead, thirteen to seven lead, but couldn't hold on. Were you sitting uh, at Dwayne Banks Field for the whole one uh, that one yesterday?
3: No, I got there in about the fifth, almost the sixth inning, and ended up being there over three hours. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> I mean, it was
2: it was a weird
3: game. It was just one of these, you could tell Coach Heller was agitated. He knew they had a chance, and it, he couldn't use all the pitchers that he wanted to use because they thought they were going to play Western Illinois today. That game has since been rained out. And I have to wonder if tired pitching arms had something to do with that, too. But they just they had an opportunity and they just blew it. And there was no they blew it with their middle relief was horrible. I mean, they just could not get anybody out and that's basically what it came down to. And it was just unfortunate because they wasted a great defensive effort. They had no errors. They hit seven home runs. They scored sixteen runs and still lost and they led eight to nothing. But like some of the players said, our pitchers will probably never do that again. We just gotta move on from this. And they did lose to a good team. Missouri is where Iowa is still trying to Get to I mean Iowa's good, but Missouri's been good for a while, and they're just a step above Iowa right now. But it was two really good programs from two good conferences playing, and I respect Missouri for coming up and doing that. And yeah. I mean, it was long. You could tell that Missouri he got their manager got their head coach got thrown out in that last inning. You could tell he just wanted the game to end, and they ended up rallying behind that and they won. But no, it was tough. I mean, it was a tough game, and there was not a huge crowd there either because of the three o'clock start. That was hard, so there wasn't a lot of energy in the stadium either, but there will be a ton of energy this weekend. They've got Oklahoma State for a three-game series, and that just shows you where this program is right now. I don't think Oklahoma State would have ever thought of coming up here two or three years ago, but now I think Iowa baseball is relevant again, and that's why it's just unfortunate they missed an opportunity to get a big RPI victory that would help them in postseason, and they had it right there in their hands at home.
1: Pat, it's always good when we catch up with you, man. You have a great afternoon. Thank you, Pat Hardy.
3: All right, gentlemen. You too. Thanks a lot.
1: That's Pat Hardy. AllHawkeyes.com. Anything you know on the Hawks, Pat generally has it for you, plus his opinions. That's why we love having him on this show. He's terrific, Trent. He really is.
2: Yeah, and I thought very interesting on Tyler Cook, how how Pat feels like it's changing, perhaps. Now, a lot still has to be done there. The six workouts, very well Jim, you know, a team could fall in love with him and say, you know what, either we're going to draft you in the second round and stash you and we'll do a two-way deal in the D-League, or even say, we're not going to draft you, but we like you enough where we want to give you a D-League contract. We're going to start right there. Maybe that assurance is enough for Tyler Cook, but it does feel like the Europe route is not something that he he is overly enamored with. So that feels different, where I thought it was... 90% 90% he was gone professionally at some level, 10% back mm-hmm. to Iowa. That Iowa number certainly is increasing in my mind, and, and sounding, Jim, probably the same for you?
1: I would say that it, was, uh, it is increasing. I don't have it 50-50. No, I, no. Still have it, I still have him leaning uh, uh, for an NBA spot. Uh, and it'll be interesting, and, and that's why you do those tryouts, Trent, mm-hmm. because they, they don't mess around. It's a business. We know that. And it's not like college, where you get a McDonald's Happy Meal after the game. So you get the uh, you get the honest honest opinion from scouts and coaches. No no doubt about that. It'll be interesting to see how he fares in these tryouts.
2: We're due for a timeout. Coming back with more. We're taking you up until six o'clock. A lot more football talk coming up in the next hour. We'll be talking Packers with Evan Western and a little Big 12 and Nebraska football with Mitch Sherman from ESPN.com. Stick and stay right there. Coming back on the other side, Jimmy B and TC on 1700. Now
0: listen to 1700 KBGG on Alexa. Say, Alexa, enable the 1700 KBGG skill. Then to play us, say, Alexa,
2: play 1700 KBGG. at therookiesportscards.com.
7: Last year, hundreds of animals came to the ARL with urgent medical needs, and the cost to provide care and treatment for these animals exceeded $300,000. We will never turn away an animal in need, especially an animal that has suffered abuse or neglect and not only needs medical attention, but also needs to receive love and compassion. Please consider donating to the ARL's Miracle Medical Fund to help us save lives and make a difference for these animals. Donate at ARL-Iowa.org slash Miracle Medical Fund.
0: Sponsored by Frontline Plus. Warmer weather means more time outside, but it can also mean more bugs. So don't forget to protect your pets with the number one name in flea and tick protection.
4: Frontline Plus. Buy it today golf headquarters 2900 University Avenue Clock Tower Square West Des Moines is back 10,000 square feet packed with all the great golf brands FootJoy, TaylorMade, Titleist, Ping, Callaway Cobra and more. Golf headquarters 5 star Google review says it all Golf headquarters certified club fitters use launch monitors to determine what golf club and shaft works best for your swing. Golf headquarters has the largest selection of golf shoe sizes ranging from 7 to 15 all the new men's and ladies apparel from FootJoy. Joy Nike, Adidas and Puma. Golf Headquarters Clock Tower Square Anniversary Sale. Titleist Pro V1 Reloads now 19.99 a dozen. Foot Joy Superlights golf shoe 59.99 on closeout and Tailor-Made Aero Burner driver for 169.99. Golf Headquarters 2900 University Clock Tower Square. 10,000 square feet of all the great brands of golf clothing. Stop by Golf Headquarters today or go to golfhqdm.com for your custom fitting. Golf Headquarters.
6: Without adoption, there'd be no Wendy's.
7: Because if Wendy's founder, Dave Thomas, hadn't found a forever family, he may never have realized his dream of starting a family restaurant. That's why Wendy's is teaming up with you for a night to help children in foster care who are waiting to be adopted.
6: On May 8th from 5 to 8 p.m., 15% of Wendy's proceeds will be donated to the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption.
4: So with a simple meal, you can help make a difference. Because every child deserves to live in a loving family. At participating Wendy's. Villaggio Italian Restaurant brings real homemade Italian to you. Fantastic food, great service, and an elegant vibe that feels like home. All your favorites from the original in Norwalk and an expanded menu with the newest location on 100th Street in Urbandale. Plus, one of the best happy hours in the metro from 3 to 6 each weekday. When you're thinking Italian, make it Villaggio. Pizza, pasta, sandwiches and more. Two locations, Sunset Drive in Norwalk and 100th Street in Urbandale. Villaggio Italian Restaurant
2: To enjoy life indoors during Iowa's hottest months, call Logier Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save $3,400 or more with combined rebates on a new Dave Lennox signature system from Logier. Check out logierheatingcooling.com
7: for details. For over 110 years, Logier has made Central Iowans happy inside. See customer reviews on Google, Facebook, and the Des Moines BBB website. Call Logier at 267-1000. We make you happy inside.
0: sports talk for real sports fans it's jimmy b and tc here's jim and trent all right everybody welcome back in we say
1: hello to you here uh look at this is uh we still have but mitch sherman coming up from espn Mm -hmm. uh we have evan tex western still on the way that's all coming up in the five o'clock hour trent i don't know if you noticed this or not it it showed up on twitter Have you seen the new NCAA uniform rules? I have not. No. What do you got for me, Jimmy B? Well, according to what I'm viewing on Twitter right now, they have made these new rule changes. One, entire knee must be covered. You know how a lot of guys just uh, cut their pants off and they're kind of like shorts right at the knee? Mm -hmm. So the entire knee must be covered stomach may not be exposed a lot of guys like to do that the back plate may not be exposed and that if you wear a t-shirt underneath t-shirt may not protrude below the jersey so interesting what they're attempting to do here um uh, and, and i I mean, I never really paid any attention to that. I mean, it wasn't like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at players and see if their uniforms are different than you know, like did did this guy cut his pads off? I did. Did you ever pay any attention to what a guy's uniform looked like on him? Was that well, you are the czar of uniforms.
2: I I am the self-proclaimed czar of uniforms here in the state of Iowa. But Jimmy B, these are the kind of things I enjoy about college football and the little nuances that people, the flair that they're able to add. Because in the NFL, well, you're not allowed to have any flair. Everybody has to be the same. Your socks need to be the same. You have to have everything. You can only have a certain amount of cleats from a certain manufacturer. All these different things, uniforms are, in fact, uniform in the NFL. I've always enjoyed seeing... The big fat offensive lineman with the jersey too small and his gut hanging out, <laughs> yeah, and, he, yeah. and he just doesn't care. Or Ezekiel Elliott with the jersey tucked underneath and showing off those abs that I couldn't have in a million years. You know that that adds a little bit of flavor to the college game. Hey, as it pertains to the wide receivers not wearing knee pads, that's been going on forever, Jimmy B. I mean,
1: yes, it has.
2: The first thing you do in, in football back when I played middle school in the ninth grade. First thing you do, get rid of those knee pads. I don't want those stupid things in there. They slow you down. You get rid of those. These kind of things have come out for years and years and years. We've seen it happen a multitude of times before. And the first game, you'll be checked, maybe the second game. And by the time we get to October, Jimmy B, if the wide receivers don't want to wear knee pads, they're not going to be wearing knee pads. Do you think that you're going to see a kicker going out in November trying to win a Michigan-Ohio <laughs> State game, and, and all of a sudden, oh, check, check if he's got knee pads in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. This is a whole lot of nothing. It very quickly will dissipate. It'll go back to the way that it was, and that's a good thing. It's just an extra flavor of college football. Leave the guys alone. Let them have a little bit yeah. of personality.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, you're and you're right about the one thing. The big fat guy's on the line. Nothing better when some guy's gut is hanging way down. And then if he recovers a fumble, or Lord, if he if a pass gets batted at the line of scrimmage and he makes an interception, and he's trying to rumble down the field and stuff is shaking everywhere. Come on, that's what we live for. We want to see that stuff. I, I. I just hope they don't take the fun out of it, because you're right. uh, A little individualistic styling, I'm certainly okay with that.
2: So, speaking of that, Jimmy B, and and jerseys coming up this season, what Hawkeye or Cyclone will be uh, next to hold up a number 1 jersey in the NFL draft? The Hawkeyes have now gone, I believe it's three consecutive years without a first-round draft pick. For Iowa State, mm-hmm. it's much longer than that. Longer we, than We that, know yeah. that. But do you see somebody that is going to hear their name called, not just in the NFL draft, but a first-rounder? Is there a Hawkeye or Cyclone that jumps off the page to you?
1: <sighs> I'm just trying to run through the roster. For Iowa State, might be David Montgomery, the running back. Might be him. Uh, because all of a sudden, it seems, running backs are kind of coming back into vogue, where before, teams wouldn't draft one until the 4, 5, or 6th round.
2: Well, we saw, uh, what, two? Two go in the first two. round?
1: In the first round, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so
2: See, that one yeah, seems like I, a stretch to me. And I know there was a mock draft out there that had Montgomery going in the first round. Th- oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, okay. I mean, Sa- Saquon Barkley was a once-in-a-generation type of talent. He is. Leonard yep. Fournette, th- David Montgomery is a great running back, but let's slow down on the, on the kind of comps we're talking about here. This is rarefied air. As good as David Montgomery is, he's not talked about like Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, no. the guys no. like that, Adrian uh-huh. Peterson. Those are guys that go in the first round. David Montgomery, as good as he is, I'd slow down on that kind of thought. Now, very late, sure, he could get into that. Well, you, you asked me if, if, if there was
1: a Cyclone or a Hawk that had the potential to be a first-rounder. And just off the top of my head, Montgomery jumped off the page for me. I'm not saying he will be. I'm just saying as far as just looking at the players on Iowa State, to me, he would be the guy on that team right now that has the potential to, to be a number one pick.
2: Not Ray Lehman, Jaquan Bailey. No. Not, not a Marcel Spears. I No, no. David, I, it's just because it's a running back more than anything. He is the most talented guy. I think maybe a guy yeah. that has the best chance of having an NFL career. I'd go down the line thinking with that. But first-round draft pick, because he's a running back, I, I just can't go there. How about on the Hawkeye side of things? A, a guy that I think about right away... In fact, the two guys that jump off the page right away to me are two guys that will just be juniors this upcoming season. Noah Fant, who we know about the ridiculous athleticism. I mean, him running away from a safety last year from Ohio State on that seabrow. I mean, you'll see that play over and over again, like we saw the Joshua Jackson interception one-hander. You'll see that play, Noah Fant, whenever he decides to come out. And the other guy would be Anthony Nelson, the walkie kid.
1: Um, I I was going to say Fant right away because he was the first one that popped up for me. Uh, Nelson, okay, um, I, I guess I'll kind of uh, buy that a little bit, but I'm definitely in on Noah Fant, absolutely, Trent.
2: Uh, Nelson already has thirteen and a half sacks to his credit yep. going into his junior season this year. If he's in double digits this season, big frame, six seven, great first step. He's the kind of guy that you certainly could mold, but we're talking about juniors here. In fact, the the three guy, guys most prominently that we talked about, all guys that uh, won't even be seniors this season. Going to be a fun season of football coming up. We're coming back with the five o'clock hour. Stay right there. We're back with more talking a lot of football coming up next.
0: Afternoons, we talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC, Des Moines' savviest sports duo on The Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. Hey
6: guys, Nate Adams. Buying jewelry can be scary. When I was ready to propose, I went online first, but then I stopped by Christopher's Fine Jewelry. Christine showed me the four C's and helped me understand what I was buying. I got a ring that my wife loves to this day and a relationship with a local jeweler that is so important. If you're ready to propose, go to Christopher's Today.
0: Stop by today to see the many unique rings in all price ranges. Learn more at Christopher'sJewelry.com.
2: When you hear Washer Systems of Iowa, you think about pressure washers. The Washer Systems of Iowa does so much more. Industrial floor care equipment, waste oil heaters, water heaters, accessories and parts, washers, used equipment, along with repairs, preventative maintenance, and operator training. Selling and servicing commercial cleanup equipment for 29 years. Washer Systems of Iowa. Visit their showroom at 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines or online washersystems.com. Sponsored by Indeed.
0: Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at
7: Indeed.com hire. When you're hungry and craving a steak, you want to get your eat on. And you can at Iowa Beef Steakhouse. For over 30 years, Iowa Beef Steakhouse has been known for serving huge choice cuts of Iowa-raised beef, cooked over charcoal, and served with fantastic sides. With everything from a fine Iowa chop to a tender filet mignon, Iowa Beef Steakhouse is the perfect place to get your eat on. Now with their new lunch menu you can enjoy the taste of a great steak or burger over the lunch hour instead of having to wait until dinner time. And if you need a space for a meeting or party look to Iowa Beef Steakhouse. They can accommodate any size group with plenty of space for no additional charge. Whether it's for lunch, dinner or a special gathering, Iowa Beef Steakhouse is the perfect place to get your eat on. And you can get your eat on for half price because Iowa Beef Steakhouse Steakhouse's this week's sweet deal, get $50 worth of Iowa Beef Steakhouse Certificates for only $25, Friday morning at 9 at 1700kbgg.com.
0: Every home is unique. That's why I, the Orkin Man, rely on science. Come on in. Honey, will you turn that off? Wow. Tent in the family room? Yup. This little lady's trying to earn her Calico Camper Badge, but we can't go outside. (sighs) Mosquitoes? Yeah, they have us stuck indoors. Well, if you want to take this camp back outside, I can use the latest science from our entomologist to help protect your yard from mosquitoes.
7: But do you get a badge for that?
0: Yep, this red one right here, Orkin pest control down to a science. Visit orkin.com for a free estimate.
2: Walk to prevent suicide. Join the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and participate in an Out of the Darkness community walk. Register for a walk near you at outofthedarkness.org. Suicide takes an enormous toll on families, friends, co-workers, and entire communities. Walk to raise awareness. Walk to raise funds for research, education, advocacy, and programs to support people impacted by suicide. Walk to save lives.
0: Go to outofthedarkness.org today.
5: 3-3. Advantage Financial and Tax Services, located in West Des Moines.
2: Are you in the mood for real, classic, homemade Italian food? Well, I have the spot for you. It's Villaggio. Two locations. The newest location in Urbandale, 2675 100th Street. The original in Norwalk. Classic dishes like cavatelli, spaghetti, lasagna.